Well, 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 here we are. Hello and welcome to another episode of Onside Punt. Today we are diving into week one of the preseason and giving you guys our key takeaways from the long weekend of football. Plenty of rookies on display getting their introduction to the NFL. My name is Kat and as always I'm joined by Homie. Oh mate, how did you feel about this uh, preseason long weekend? Well, it was, it was exciting, uh, but I sort of read a bit of a hit or miss sort of sequence, I think. Uh, yeah. Some treated it as a preseason, some brought the energy of an NFL season. So uh, it was an extended training drill for a couple, but we'll probably get into them in a deep dive a bit later. But for me, the sort of overall takeaway, I think the main thing for me, I looked at it with a bit of a different lens this season. So obviously watching the rookies that I was coming through, uh, we've monitored. But for me, it was it was a realization that these careers and these moments, they might not get more than this one moment. This What we're watching casually is the biggest moment of their life, their career. It could be the greatness of one moment that gives them a career, or it could be the moment of that fumble that means that they never, they never play this game again. At this level. Yeah, it's literally the, the tryout, right? You go from the draft to your tapes to the combine and everything, but it all culminates to being on the stage. And as we saw, so many preseason games had packed out stadiums. Like it was as close yeah. as they're ever going to get to that real world inertia, fighting for against people who want that position just as bad as they do. It's, uh, it's a lot of pressure and I don't know, it's kind of scary to watch. Yeah, some brought it, some didn't bring it. Some, some and, didn't bring yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I found the the feds. They really like to. They were the ones on show, weren't they? They're looking for that moment, that sack. That they love to be in the face. <laughs> they were, they were definitely up and about. And probably the main, the main crew that was sort of looking to stand out, which we saw a lot of action, was the special teams. Yeah, lot, lot like lot less opportunities throughout yeah. the games, but we saw a lot of punt returns. And like some really flashy things. And I was like, oh, they're, they're probably, you know, up against a really inexperienced special teams defense. But it's like, no, no, wait, they're all rookies. They're rookies versus rookies. Yeah. They're all looking There's for their moment. winners here. Yeah. 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 So it, that was quite exciting to see, uh, especially with the new kicking rules that we're going to get into in just a little bit. You know, my thinking, I thought the preseason week one was better than I expected it to be. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the, the lens that I brought to it or if it was the curiosity that I we had built over our sort of lead up to the but it was a it was a great watch. I had a great time. Right. Yeah. I think as you say, like if it wasn't for this rookie class as well that we've got coming in and yeah. a lot of notable rookies and, and you know, for you and I to be paying such close attention to the draft this year, watching some of those narratives play out without it to be far less interesting. But um hopefully we'll see some more starters in week two, but I think closer we're gonna get to the regular season they're gonna Start pulling them back. Well, there's a few I wasn't expected to play, so we might see. You don't know what we're going to see in the coming weeks. Couple, couple surprises. Yeah, well, love a good surprise, you know. Well, speaking of, actually, we have a special announcement. Yes, yeah, exciting, Kat. We've got our, we've got our first sort of competition that we're setting up. Yes. Yeah, so obviously, at onside punt, we live and breathe football, and uh, there's nothing more that we love than celebrating the excitement of the NFL with listeners and fans like you guys. So this year we are running the inaugural Onside Punt Tipping Comp. So we want to invite all of our listeners to join in and compete with us for the uh, number one spot. 
That also means you can't listen to the show and copy our tips, by the way. Oh, so, they, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think that's their advantage. I think yeah. they're thinking, all yeah. right, these guys think they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and Holmy and I will be discussing our tips, I think, every episode. So you will have a little bit of insight and uh, be able to get the one up on us. So you feeling a bit nervous about that, Holmy? Oh, you're squirming. Yeah, I'm, I'm not excited if my brother comes and beats me <laughs> when, <laughs> when I've got the podcast and he's a farmer. So let's let's not let's not get that happening. But uh, he'll probably trump me. I know it. Yeah. So all props to Gav if he gets the spot off. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that. Um, but it, it's not all for glory. We are excited to say that the winner will receive a brand new standard NFL jersey of their favorite player or team. Um, we are maybe looking for a prize for lower down the ladder, depending on how many we get, uh, just in case, you know, our onside punt rookies are struggling in the uh, early bit of the season. They've got something to aim for. Um, we can only supply the prize for listeners in Australia. So sorry to the spare few Americans we uh, have listening to the podcast, but uh, unless you move here, which you should anyway, you can't yeah. win the uh, the top prize. Come out for summer. It'll be nice. It'll be yeah, nice for you. for summer. Yeah. <laughs> The link is in the bio for the tipping comp and the password is onside punt pod or one word. Again, that is onside punt pod. So good luck and I'll stay onside. All right, Kat, let's dive into the headlines of what's been happening in the NFL this week. So the first one for me is Dalvin Cook has signed with the Jets. So the running backs are yeah. getting their deals. So Big news. Yeah, yeah. Well, only getting one year deals, so it's not too dramatic, <laughs> but uh, but exciting to see Dalvin going around again. So he has signed with the Jets for one year at eight point six million dollars. Yeah, it adds a bit of depth behind uh, their projected star Brees Hall. And I think my first thought was yeah. coming off our recent fantasy was like, good. Yeah, inside him. <laughs> that's what I was thinking as well. I'm like, bring in the old boys. Let's let's reduce yeah. some of those. Let's reduce some of those uh, takes. I think I think Dalvin's going to get a, a decently balanced run here, and you know, people are all talking about declining running backs while also wanting them to get more money and what they're worth. I think he's still going to get a run here and, and Brees Hall I believe had an ACL injury last year so if anything should reoccur it's good for them to have that support there yeah it, it's just I don't know why they haven't wanted this elite old running backs to create that depth because it's it's a long season uh, in yeah, ter- even if well, it's for the running for, backs indeed yeah yeah like for third down locks you know um and you know, exactly what the Saints have with Jamal Williams. And they've obviously needed that now that Alvin Kamara is out for three weeks. Seems like a good deal for me. But uh, there's even more news at running back. And this one I was completely surprised with. Ezekiel Elliott has signed to the Patriots for a potential $6 million signing one-year deal. I don't know if this was rumoured or reported beforehand. It caught me completely offside. Didn't know that Zeke was... Milling around. Oh, Zeke's been hunting a deal. He has been hunting (laughs) a deal. I'm so glad for this as well because, like I said in previous episodes, we need to wipe that last play from our memory. So (laughs) I think Zeke would have taken a deal for for a dollar just to get that uh, one last play in. So uh, that's exciting. I think it's good to see him running around again. He deserves it. Uh, At the Patriots, he'll be good. Backing up Ramondre Stevenson there. And a similar deal to the Jets, I feel, with Dalvin. Um, There's definitely some gas still left in the tank there. And uh, hopefully rested and fit and strong all these tryouts he must be doing. We'll uh, we'll see what it comes to for the Patriots. I'm sure uh, Bill Belichick had something to do with that. And we'll see if it's the right call. 
A story that snuck up on me uh, was Eric Bieniemy, uh, the offensive coach for the Washington Commanders. Did you catch any of that, Kat? Yeah, so this one's a bit of an interesting one uh, with Eric. So he's, Eric Bieniemy is the new Commanders offensive coach coming over from the Chiefs, and he's uh, received some feedback from some of the players from the Washington Commanders. Uh, head coach Ron Rivera spoke to the media saying that players had approached him asking him to speak to Eric, complaining about his intensity. Now, Rivera kind of came back and said, listen to what he's trying to get across to you. He's your new coach. You can't just come running to dad. Uh, And said, you know, it's a whole new approach for the commanders. Um, But you would think, homie, that a whole new approach is pretty warranted at the commanders these days. It's an odd story because it feels like a, it definitely feels like a clash between old school and new school. Um, new cultures yeah. coming through. And, yeah. and, and it was an interesting press, uh, it was an interesting press release for them. I don't think they covered it well. It was kind of like, Eric's trying to be new, <laughs> but he's not <laughs> doing it very well. So can you please give him a break? It's like, I thought it was an interesting story. I think it's something that probably will be highlighted in american football who seems to still have a lot of that old school style um real sergeant coach yeah yeah kind of mentality yeah so i'm looking for my justin langer cricket moment where a team and this might be it for the washington commanders where old school versus new school so we'll keep eyes on eric the enemy maybe (laughs) (laughs) that's what i always thought his name was. i thought it was yeah i was like like, an awesome nickname yeah (laughs) yep yeah, it is interesting. A lot of old heads around the league who, of course, come out and be like, well, you know, the commanders need to toughen up, which I can agree with. You know, you're at the highest level mm. of sport and you think the coach is being hard on you. Uh, and this isn't just some random coach who's in being a bully. Like there's a highly successful coach who's just come from the team with one of the best offices in the league and won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Like you got to trust the process a little bit. And, and some players came out and said like, um, Gibson came out and said, I haven't practiced like this since I've been in the league. That's definitely going to help us in the long run. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in my life. And Jahan Dotson even said, you know, that's what you want in a coach, someone who gives you constructive criticism. But when you earn your flowers, he gives them to you. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like it should be a story, but it's, yeah. <laughs> but it's one we'll probably have to monitor based on their field production. In signing news, Zach Martin, the guard from the Cowboys, has ended his holdout and has agreed to a reworked deal, adding more than $8.5 million in fully guaranteed money over the next two years. Now, Zach's probably the best guard in the league and this deal was always going to happen. It just depended when and at what level. But he was holding out, and which we've talked about before, incurs a fine. Mm. He, he accrued a million dollars in fines to get this deal done. Which uh, obviously it's worked out. Yeah. Like it's yeah. worked out for yeah. him. But it's just so scary to think that you've got a million dollars racking up and you go, I better get this deal. <laughs> Your manager must be right on you, wouldn't he be that? <laughs> you, like could you imagine the phone calls each day where they're where they're up and about? Like uh, overserviced. <laughs> please tell me we've locked it down. Please tell me we've locked yeah. it down. You wouldn't take too long to put the old pen to the paper, but uh not at all. Not at all, but very positive news. Like, he's a really great guard in, in protective rushing. Big asset here, big asset. I guess that leaves us with two left holding out. So we've got Nick Bosa at the 49s and Chris Jones at the Chiefs now. I guess they're, they're racking up their fines as they wait for their deal to come through. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think Adam Schefter reported that they're nowhere near getting close to a deal just yet. So the clock is ticking. Season's coming up soon. I'm sure we'll uh, get that across to you guys as soon as possible. In other signing news, we've got Raiders Damian Williams at running back. So obviously here we've got Josh Jacobs away from the Raiders and and we haven't they haven't signed him yet on the franchise tag. So it could be a bit nervous moments here at the Raiders as they try to lock down someone to run for them. Damian Williams is, you know, a veteran running back, but you know, I guess consistently hasn't had the biggest stats across the board, but he was key in the uh, 2019 Super Bowl with the Chiefs where he got 104 yards and two touchdowns. So he can definitely do the job. But like, just do you think the Raiders are going to end up waiting to the very last minute to just lock Josh Jacobs in, who they clearly need, but they just don't want to pay? Yeah, they're just waiting. He'll be the last on the table, I think. They're just, I guess they're looking to see where everyone else lands and they'll, he'll have no leverage at this point, let's just say that. Yeah, so it, it's, it's really interesting in the NFL as well, this like uh, waiting to see what other teams do. Like well, just trying to do an appraisal on the market. <laughs> well, it seems with veteran running backs in general, you could. It's just like, what's it matter when you're only doing a one year deal? So you might as well wait until the oh, last one. Oh, those ones, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. 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 As we've seen, he's the third we've reported yeah. in this episode. <laughs> the ball on running back saga continues. So. <laughs> in, uh, in grimmer news, Henry Ruggs' arrest has come down, and I believe he's been sentenced, Holmes. Yeah, this is it's a really sad story here. So you'll have to think back to November 2021 here. So uh, Henry Ruggs III was at the Raiders at the time in an incident where he was driving 250 kilometers per hour in residential streets with a blood alcohol content twice the legal limit. He struck and killed a young 23-year-old woman, Tina Tintor, and her dog. Really public and sad story here. And the sentencing came down on Wednesday. So he will serve between three to 10 years in prison for this incident. Moving to to more positive news from that, we did see a returning player notable for his cardiac arrest midfield last season. Damar Hamlin has come back and played in the preseason. He played 24 snaps, recorded three tackles. Just awesome to see he's playing again and getting back into it. Just got to say so brave as well because you just must have that residual fear and everything coming back and playing. I sort of like was tracking it and sort of going, great, great. Then I took a moment on the weekend and it was just took it in. And we saw, we were watching that game live and when he yeah. went down. It's so hard to comprehend that he is back after basically dying on the field. Like he died. Effectively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, he's now back. I just think it's incredible, actually. It's an amazing story. And I think it picks up. The whole Bills Nation, yeah. Bills Mafia, and the whole team, um, and brought the NFL kind of together. And you know, we all get caught up in the competitiveness and the fun and the jeers, and probably not so much fun for some people. Take it a bit seriously, but at that moment, everyone kind of paused and stood watch. And now to see him come back, amazing! Um, really, really happy about it. I guess we'll just roll into the old injury list, which is growing and growing, Cad. Yeah, so I think we might just shoot through them as quickly as possible. Uh, Miles Sanders' groin injury, did receive it in training, uh, won't jeopardize his week one status with the Panthers, so hopefully that is all resolved by then. We've got Elijah Moore, wide receiver at the Browns, so he suffered a rib injury during Friday night's preseason game. He's considered to be day by day, so we'll monitor that one. 
I think I will uh, reference the play that that may have happened on later on in oh, the episode. You will. <laughs> you will. <laughs> uh, Jacob Phillips, a linebacker for the Browns, has torn his pec and will require surgery, very sadly ending his season so early. Just a brutal injury. Yeah, not not what you want. And we've we've unfortunately we're going to add Tyler Davis, tight end from Green Bay. He's done his ACL in the preseason match as well. So unfortunately, those two will not be seeing the field this year. Tearing a pack and a tear an ACL, like this is why I, I felt it when I was watching those rookies like uh, Jimmy Gibbs or anyone coming through, and you see the slightest helmet to helmet contact. Oh. And you'd be like, oh, no, he's, don't, don't, do, don't, don't do it to me. <laughs> Please be okay. It's nervous watching. It's very nervous watching. It's hard, like I spoke about earlier. It's like these are one moment and these, like J- Jacob and Tyler, you, you know, it's, it's a sliding doors moment right here for them. Right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they um, can pull it all together and, and recover over the year and, and we'll see them again this time next year. Well, first and foremost, homie, we've got to extend a big welcome to all the rookies into the NFL because it was a rough start for a lot of them. Oh, class of 2023 did not get off on the right foot, did they? (laughs) (laughs) We'll dig into it for a bit, but there were some moments where you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then boom, interception, boom, sack. (laughs) It felt felt like an initiation for half of them, didn't it? Like there (laughs) There was some cruel moments for a lot of them. Sorry. It's almost a bit mean to put veteran D-liners against vet, uh, rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, they def- just want to really give them that big hello. Yeah, there was an awakening. There was definitely an awakening. <laughs> well, we're about to get stuck into every single game of the preseason, finding those key storylines and narratives for you guys to follow. But before we get into that, what we saw this week was, I guess, our first inkling of how this new kickoff rule change is going to affect the game. It is, but I don't think they took any notice of it on the preseason. Mm. They've, it's obviously their special teams are looking for moments. So they've, we saw some impressive, uh, we saw some impressive runbacks. So I don't think we're going to see the effect of it truly in this preseason. Oh, sorry, Cab. Before I went on a tangent, I should have let you tell the listeners what the actual change of rule is. Yeah. So the new rule is kind of a push for player safety and to reduce concussions by the punt returner. He's trying to clear up and not get destroyed by all the uh, defenders coming down at him. So if the ball is caught anywhere between the one-yard line and the 25-yard line, they can signal a fair catch, and that ball will automatically be started at the 25-yard line. So what this is doing is basically reducing the chance for kick returns, which is probably one of the more fun things we like to see in the game. Yeah, it sounds a lot more similar. The application I see it is like your rugby union uh, fair catch, catch go to the line that kind of that's how i see it being implemented we like i alluded to we didn't really see a lot of that from the weekend just gone because we're assuming they wanted to get that highlight moment yeah they wanted to test their punt returners yeah for sure for when they have to do it um it's a pretty of a raw call because the whole idea for punting and maybe you know we can reach out to jack or pro kicker we've spoken to earlier on the show it takes kind of the art of punting out of it in that key placement in between the zero and 10 yard line basically makes that not as necessary because they can just wave their hands and take it back up to the 25 regardless. I really want to see how tactically it changes their approach to punting or if 
we don't really see any major changes because you adjust the rule, the coaches are going to bend it. So they're going to find Absolutely. a way to use it to their advantage. So I did see a, a quick comment from the uh, chief medical officer of the NFL who came out and basically said that this is a stopgap solution. It's one year. We're going to see how it is and what the impact is saving for the players. That's not been ruled in indefinitely. There might be some changes, but I'd be very surprised to see them back down from player safety, especially in this era of the NFL. Shall we dive in to the games that were? Absolutely. And why don't we kick off with the Texans versus the Patriots, homie? Oh, we got to see the biggest of debuts here. CJ Stroud. Number two pick in the draft. And I've got to say, out of all of the debuts we saw at quarterback, you said the biggest, and I reckon it was the worst, but... Do you mean biggest in another way? Oh, biggest fail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't. So, I don't mean to be rude to him, but it was. Oh, they did not help him, did they? No, not at all. Uh, CJ Stroud debuted on Friday. He played two series of offense. He uh, completed two of four passes for 13 yards with an intercept and a sack. There was that moment, Holly, when you're watching it, and I, I think I told you, oh, you got to watch CJ Stroud's first play. Yeah. First pass is out to an out route. Looks great. I was like, okay, cool. There's really good hope here. Next one, sack. Next one, avoids and runs out. And then he got through an intercept. And I thought, oh, God. Oh. Every, every Texans fan, every fantasy owner who's just drafted him in the first round is starting to panic a little bit, I think. Probably didn't help that standing on the other side was second round draft picked Keon White. He turned out an impressive debut. So the six foot five, 132 kilo beast. defensive yeah. end. Out of Georgia Tech, started on the edge and was disruptive around the ball. Uh, I think the Pats knew the brief, but I don't think the Texans O-line did. So, Yeah, yeah. well, uh, CJ came out and said it felt good to get hit again, but I'm assuming it's not something he wants to get used to. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of work to happen with the, uh, with the old O-line there. They're going to protect their boy. Definitely. And, and, and everyone, please keep in mind, this is preseason. It is the time to make mistakes. You've got guys jumping up from college who could have been stars there and just don't make it in the NFL or they take a long time to adjust. It is a different level. It is the beginning. And, and even for our analysis, when we're watching the games and researching this, Holmes, I'm going, okay, is that... Is that because he's a rookie quarterback or because the O-line's young too and they're letting through people? Or There's so many elements. There's, on too, the many fact- there's too many factors. And when we say our, our review, it's more of an observation than a critique. It's just like, we saw what they did. We're interested and we'll just keep watching. There's no, Absolutely. I'm not worried. I'm, there's no worries here. So. <laughs> I have some worries, but we'll Oh yeah, actually, I just, later. I just thought about, there's a couple actually. <laughs> but they're not, they're our rookies. They're our little bit... <laughs> They should be yeah, a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, should be a bit more mature. I think we're talking about the same person. Yeah, I think but, so um... too. <laughs> All right, second game. We're going to jump on to Miami Dolphins versus the Falcons. Homie, what did you see over in Hard Rock Stadium? So my first pickup kid was Devin Achang. He got a lot of minutes for Miami Dolphins. So he's the running back. I guess they're trying to test him as a second or third, do you think? Yeah. yeah, about second or third. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he got a lot of minutes. He showed some good qualities. Yeah, I, I saw that with A-Chain. And something to keep in mind for everyone is he was only playing with two defensive line starters. So he wasn't able to show off a lot of the, you know, the speed that he was drafted mm. for. Um, but he had a really kind of physical game and was battling for every yard. So very, very cool to see. Yeah, he was very good. And then the other one was DeMarco Hamlins. 
So he was the safety for Miami Dolphins. Had two really good highlights. Uh, probably was a little bit brash and should have got called for a, um, for a, <laughs> what do they call it? The um, boasting? Boasting? Oh, taunting. Yeah, oh, the taunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah taunting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was borderline. <laughs> DeMarco <laughs> was borderline, but yeah, obviously the young rookie, but he was excited about his moment, so he's got to be happy. The other thing I picked up was there's a Cam Smith playing for the Dolphins. So Cameron Smith played. Yeah, so well-known name, but he is actually he's trying to support uh, Ramsey, who's injured. So he could be potentially someone. He had a decent game, I thought. Uh, a few didn't knock him a little bit, but I thought... Definitely for a second round draft pick, he could be some showing elements that could cover Ramsey while he's injured. So for the Falcons now, mainly they, it was a practice match for them. So not a lot, really sloppy last five. They gave up yeah. a few intercepts, didn't look clean. They pushed We didn't it. get to see Bijan, no, which is a real, real sad nah, problem. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think the Falcons fans walk away overly pleased, but it was their first preseason same. So I'm not going to hold it against them. And I think better things to come for the Falcons. I will note. Mike McDaniels did look suave on the sideline, though. <laughs> <laughs> Those shades were killer. Oh, I don't know. Like for some reason, that guy has more swag than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and he just shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It is good value. So, All right, let's jump to the Chargers versing the Rams at SoFi Stadium. Now, Stetson Bennett, the QB rookie for the Rams, mm. someone Holmes had his eye on since the draft, adjusted pretty well in the game, and I thought he played really well. A lot of clean passes. Rough start, as all rookies get, but I, th- I thought pretty solid play. He looked, he looked like he belonged. I thought, I thought he looked really nice. Um, obviously, a bit scratchy early, but went on to... But there will be a bit of competition there for the number two spot, I think. It's a good position to be, and I think Matt Stafford's older. Um, not too old, he can't play or anything like that, but you know, you've got someone who isn't... You're not in the Trey Lance-Brock Purdy battle where you've got another young person to compete with. Play the game. There's plenty of teams that need quarterbacks next year. I think uh, it's good showing and good to develop up. Well, the Rams already talk about him as the the next one, so he, he could be. You can just hold position and keep him pressing, and he can work his way from there. The Rams' defense were definitely having some struggles in uh, in the depth, and uh, I liked uh, the coach who came on, Mike Raheem, who uh, said, "Yeah, we're having some struggles. It's a very young team, or as he put it, uh, they're youngry." Oh, <laughs> he said he was, oh. <laughs> which I really enjoyed. He said he it was from accident because he was rushing his words and tried to say they're a young and hungry team too quickly. I like but it, but I really like that. It needs to be patented. He's got a youngry team, um, and that's all over the Rams right now. They've signed a lot of new players. They're in a rebuild, as we've noted in our recap episode. It's going to be a long journey for them. All right, Gad, I know you watch the Chargers. I want you to <laughs> give me the rundown. Give me your highlights. Oh, look. I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Chargers, but, you know, it's not a real victory. It is a preseason. We flogged the Rams, which we should do in a regular <laughs> season. Anyway. <laughs> Completely you, unbiased reporting. <laughs> you will note that we've spoken about no scores up until now and then can't yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we won't count any others. <laughs> um, look, Chargers took full advantage of the young team. Um, Quinton Johnson... Didn't really have the showing that you'd want to see as a fan. They gave, they were begging to give him a touch. He got his TD. He got his TD. Yeah, he got it. Was it that interesting? No. No. Was it that impressive? No. No. (laughs) But uh, look, there were some really great um, punt returns. I think um, Davis had a really impressive. Yeah, Darius Davis. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, that little hop move he did. 
That yeah. was fun. That was an 80, just 81 like, yard return. That one. That was a, that was that was a highlight for me. Ooh, yeah, that's a huge. Yeah, it's a huge highlight. But it just looked like a team playing against zero defense. Like it's like you can't be impressed by a lot of it because there wasn't much coming back at them the other way. Um, a lot of fun, I guess, to energize the Chargers base. But I'm hoping we see more of Quinton Johnson next week, even just for a few reps, to see if he can kind of unlock a little bit more and give us a bit more of a hint. Moving on, we had the Buccaneers versus the Steelers. Now, mm. this one. Interesting. Was this the one we were alluding to earlier? It certainly was. <laughs> the battle for the starting quarterback position of the Bucks was on full display with uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask receiving equal playing time to show their worth. What were your kind of feelings there? You get to see both of them play, homie. Did you sway either side? Nah, not enough. Uh, I think I, I thought Mayfield was actually all right. Like I didn't, like, he wasn't horrible, but the signs, it's just got to be a long season, like competing for that position. But the fact that they have to compete, like these are the two people that they're deciding on to make this season I don't know. It's just an indication it's going to be brutal. They could add a third, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, you just don't know. Uh, I think Bay- I think Mayfield is doing enough. I think he'll get the run. Yeah, statistically, they're about even. Um, Trask did have an interception and three sacks against him, though, which uh, Baker didn't. Um, but you know, some people are trying to look at the scales really closely. Uh, Baker was pressured 11% of his throws, Trask 39%, uh, and Baker had starters on the O-line. I don't know if that's enough for the coaches to kind of feel it out, but I'm kind of imagining that they, we're both going to see them again next week. Oh, yeah, we need It'll a, we need a bigger sample, po- sample size here for sure. We'll be watching. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, look, I, I would agree, though, from what I saw on the field. I think Baker's leading. Yeah. By that much, just a little bit, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see this battle as it continues to go. Yeah, and then on the other side of the fence, I thought Kenny Pickett uh, for the Steelers, great, great showing, came out swinging. Yeah, honestly. great showing, great showing. So, uh, good signs for them. So that was probably the only really takeaway I had for the Steelers. Well, he's probably the only one I was watching, but yeah, he had uh, six of seven passes completed for seventy yards and a touchdown, which you should be very, very happy with. Majority of the passes went to Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, showing some early good combinations. Yeah, good combos. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a second-year QB, should be coming into his own. Like, I think I, I like everything I see about Kenny. He's kind of one of my underdog favorites to watch at QB, so that's really exciting for the fans. Now, a bit of a rough start going back to the Bucks with the O-line, and unfortunately, our boy Cody Mouch... Whoa, whoa. Has had one of those whoa, whoa. rough welcomes whoa. to the league. Whoa. What's this story? <laughs> Cody, I'm sorry, did I sneak this in here? Did I not tell you about this? Well, we don't report on my club. You don't report on my club. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to hold you accountable. Uh, and Cody, unfortunately, gave away a holding call and a false start, struggling to adjust. It's happened across the whole. Yeah, league. there was a it's lot. Just, there was a lot. There was not yeah, the only not one. Not just targeting Cody, and I think as a lot of coaches we heard over the weekend said, you know, this is the time to make mistakes, and I'm not mad at you making one as long as you correct it the next play. So I know you, homie, protecting your boy Cody. Yeah. Keep an eye on him next game. And I'll be, see if he's learned. I'll give him. I've sent him a text. Don't worry. We've got, we've had we've had words. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. He's coming back strong. <laughs> okay. Get him on the show if you've got these connections. No, no, he said he he said he's not ready. He's not ready. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's too big of a platform yeah. he for said, him. Why Andy Dalton's on the bench, he's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from the Bucks and Steelers, we're going to go over to the Lions versus Giants game. Now, this one was a bit of fun, right? Oh, the, I loved this one. The Lions are great to watch even in preseason. How, how does this oh, happen? Like, but, and on both sides of the ball, I was 100% engaged. Yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a great game to watch. And we saw some quality come out. Jameer Gibbs had his debut, uh, had an average of five yards per run, which is a great start. Yep, perfect. Nothing to be mad out there. Tick. Um, yeah, had a few cheeky steps yeah, on the defense. Yeah, he looked good. He looked, he looked, he looked like he belonged. And uh, I don't know, maybe the coaches didn't really like it, but he uh, went straight into a play. Instead of ducking or going down, just dropped the shoulder straight into oh, him, Which He's uh, a big boy. Yeah. That's what made me nervous. Yeah. I was like, no, no, just dive, mate. Just dive. Don't, you don't have to be roughing up these rookies as well. You need to be out there starting for these Lions. Um, but one of my key takeaways is the Lions' defense is oh. on the hunt. Oh, like big hits, big stops! Like blood was pumping. It was, it was cracking. How good was lines. Brian Branch, the rookie quarterback? Right. Oh, he he <laughs> hit some people, right? He yeah. he stopped them dead. That was great. It was between the Lions' defense and and we'll talk about the Seahawks' defense later. It was felt like a here here comes the boom. Yeah, like mixtape. It was just some big heavy stops there. So that was very cool. Um, did you see anything from the Giants' home? Not overly. I think I was too infatuated by the Lions to tell you the truth. It was the Lions show for me. I did see, the only thing I really picked up from, and I agree, a pretty boring Giants showing um, was Pinnock. Now, he's their strong safety. Uh, he ended the game with an interception, two tackles for loss, and deflected two passes, which on your scorecard as a safety, perfect. Yeah. Because that's what you want. He's, yeah. he's done everything, and he's been all over the map there. Coach is very happy with what they saw. Um, he is currently listed as a starter. So, you know, didn't know, wasn't familiar with the name as much before watching this game, so I'm excited to see him this season, keep track of that. I guess we'll move on to one that probably wasn't the energy that I was looking for, Commanders versus Browns. Mm. Tough one. Nothing really excites me about that matchup, pre-season or mid-season. Uh, <laughs> but what did you see in there? I was really looking for more of a showing from quarterback Sam Howes, Cad. Uh, obviously, it'll be... Sam Howes versus Jacoby Brissett as in the QB starting position for the Commanders. I didn't see enough from either, really. We're going to week two for those two. Yeah, I thought that Howe was actually going to be starting. I thought he was confirmed to be starting, but I think there may be something to another battle for the QB position um, that we saw in the Bucks Steelers as well. You know, he didn't look in control, some really bad passes, just looked like a mess. He couldn't set his feet. He was kind of just dancing around yeah. and it just looked unclean. Um, now Jacoby, like he's played in the league for a long time now, um, and has been—he's now at the stage where he's traveling through QB two positions. He came out much stronger, I thought, was a lot more in control, but then still ended it by throwing a really unwise like interception. A little bit greedy, he got on that pass. You know, there were more starters on the field with Brissett, like actual receivers and and blocking. Again, you don't know, but Sam was only drafted last year. He didn't see the field last year. Technically, this is his kind of first showing. Um, so, some time to adjust. I guess there's another kind of quarterback watch this season. How did you, what did you think of the Browns? Did you get much out of them? Uh, I saw Deshaun Watson, who led the Browns at quarterback. He got in much-needed game time uh, after only playing six last year. Now, he's scrambling better uh, and avoiding the pocket. He avoided like a lot of sacks, um, which is something he wasn't too comfortable doing last season and uh, copped 20 sacks in six games. 
probably a, a spot to learn yeah. on there. Now, we talked about Elijah Moore, who was injured with that rib injury in the news, and this is what I want to bring up. We saw Elijah, who is a wide receiver, line up behind the quarterback to take a running play 18 yards, which is also fun. Yeah. And later I see this rib injury news, and I think, that's Maybe why. That wasn't the best call. Was that why? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give yourself that much lead time. Uh, oh. it, gave, it gave me an idea, Hobbs, honestly. Because, you know, you see the wide receivers switch the running back. That's always fun yeah. when they switch up positions. Yeah. I was thinking for the Pro Bowl this year, which is becoming kind of more and more boring to me. Yes. They switch it up. So they get the best players in the league, but make them switch positions and like, into something that maybe would suit their skills the best. So you'd have like wide receivers play as cornerbacks and have to mark the cornerbacks playing wide receivers. You just switch the whole thing around. I'd much rather watch that as a skills challenge than um, I think this year they threw a water balloon oh, and saw if they could catch yeah. it. <laughs> I would say any new premise for that would be great to watch, Kat, but <laughs> I would like to see them pulling positions out of a hat and then lining up at each other. Oh. <laughs> Imagine one of the O-line as, the, uh, as a running back. Six foot. Oh my god! Jordan Mylata comes running through. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We got Keon White at uh, six foot five, hundred thirty. Kyler Murray on the uh, defensive line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the concept, Gad. I guess we'll go on to now the Broncos versus Cardinals. Yeah, I think uh, from what I saw from this one, it reminded me of Aaron Rodgers's fine words of Coach Payton should basically watch his mouth after stirring up all this controversy, all this hype. Uh, saying he's going to come and save the day for the Broncos. Miserable, dismal, embarrassing start to the Broncos season. Like, this wasn't even the backups. Peyton put out his first team starters on offense for like four series of plays. Russell Wilson had two balls batted down. He was then sacked brutally on second down and on third down as well. They ended up making up for it with a touchdown the last play, but I think the fuel was already on the fire at that point. The Broncos did not need that. And the carry-on from Russell for getting that touchdown. Like, the old rusty gate throws one touchdown and then, and then feels it's okay to pump himself up. Oh, uh, he right. loves this. God, he's a weird unit. <laughs> All right, it's a bad day when the Cardinals bring the play. Oh, and I mean, they were actually good watching. Congratulations, Cardinals. You got something to look for. The pressure was Maybe on. Maybe after last last episode, they've gone, you know what, let's uh, turn this around. Yeah, rookie coach Jonathan Gannon, he's got the boys up and about. So they've come with the pressure. They brought it. And, and I'll tell you, Coach Payton did not bring it. So. No, they had uh, two different kickers miss field goals, which is not what you want to see. And, uh, yeah, I guess he ended up saying there's a long way to go, which I think is uh, pretty evident oh. uh, from their display. Yeah, they're, they're going a long way around. Now we move over to another rookie showing at Jets versus Panthers. Bryce Young took to the field. Yes, Bryce Young, the number one draft picked overall uh, in 2023. He did not get the help he needed. I agree, but beyond that, I thought he looked pretty good for the very short amount of time that we saw him out there. It was, it was a really hard measuring stick. I thought the Panthers did not give him the time he needed in the pocket. They basically let the gates open for the, for the Jets, who... As well, they're coming on... This is their second game, the Jets. So they looked polished compared. Like, they've got an extra run Agreed. in. They came with a bit of heat, and the Panthers' O-line did not help Bryce at all here. No, he, he did have a counter to that, and I think it, it even shows how much better he is because he had no assistance there. And as you said, opened the gates. He had really quick throws, um, and Dan Olofsky made a great point about this. They weren't rushed throws. 
Yeah. They were quick in a good way. And he got quick passes out, made some active decisions, looked really calm in the pocket. You didn't see that kind of movement or running back. He just went through his motions really easily under pressure. So four of six passes for 21 yards, took a sack and a few some other hits. But I think a positive showing out of most of the rookie QBs we saw, um, I'm less phased about that one. Based on temperament alone, he was the best of the showing. Mm. I think he's a quality unit and he's just going to get better and better. So it's not a reflection. This game is not a reflection of his future endeavors. All right, last one before we go to break, homie. Colts versus Bills. The last rookie quarterback I believe we saw this weekend, Anthony Richardson, number four pick in the draft, had his welcome to the NFL moment, throwing a very wild sidearm pass. Like a sidearm oh. that went like 20, 30 yards uh, for it to be intercepted on his first oh, drive. It did not look good. It did not look good. No. Nah. I, like, I, I caught it instantly too because it just came out of the wrong side of his yeah. body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anthony probably self-induced didn't get the best start. Obviously overreached a little bit with his... Uh, probably should have just hit a couple of targets early before he went on a on a rampage. But I've got one concern because he, he went on a little run and cleaned up the defender. And I'm thinking, oh, is this boy going to run through everyone? Like, is he going <laughs> like, to be a physical running Yeah, player. and I'm like, oh, this can't be good. Like, no, longevity is... for injuries. Yeah, they might just tell him to get over the sideline next time. On the other side of the ball with the Bills, now their quarterback, Allen, was leading the charge. And for longer than I'd like to admit, Holmey, uh, despite us discussing Kyle Allen on our recap of the <laughs> AFCs, I thought it was Josh Allen for, for quite a while. <laughs> I had it on mute and I was just watching it and I was just thinking it really it really once I realized made me rethink how I was perceiving yeah. the game. Yeah, it was a, it was a really I was I was lost in that moment when I picked it up as well. I was like, what are we watching? What are we, we yeah, yeah. yeah. Why are they sending Josh out? God, he's getting sacked and they're yeah. keeping him out. Yeah. That's a bit weird. When I came down to the play, I thought, you know, classic rookie mistakes were there. He had some great passes. And he had a bit of control. There were obviously some rusty moments, but all in all, not a bad playing from Kyle Allen. Um, highlight for me, though, is watching Mims, the rookie wide receiver, Duke, jump over a fallen player and running down the sideline with the ball. That was pretty mad. Yeah, Mims, okay, he's going to be a bit of quality. I like, I like him. I, he's definitely one to watch. Deuce. Yeah, that's right. We got on to the Cowboys versus Jags. <laughs> Little known Deuce Vaughn had some great moments at running back. Uh, this is a story we talked about in the actual draft episode, Cad. Do you remember this one? Yeah, he's the son of the scout, I believe, who moved over and now works for the Cowboys. Yeah, so his old man works for the Cowboys. His old man got to ring him and tell him he was playing for the Cowboys. And now he's... He's had his debut and he started off really impressively. So it's a little great little story there to, to follow along. What did you see from the Jags, Holmes? So the Jags rolled out their starting offensive line, plus Calvin Ridley. So we saw some really good connections, Trevor Lawrence and his wide receiver core. It was a bit rusty, but but it was good to see these connections. Well, the best connection that we had to have seen all day was Nathan Rourke. Oh. The backup quarterback for the Jags. If you haven't seen the clip, go check it out. Tackled four times and with a guy still strapped around his legs, manages to pull off a huge pass for a touchdown. It's incredible, this one. This is great watching. I've watched it a few times because when, when he pops out <laughs> underneath those two blokes, you think, well, yeah. that's impressive. And then he gets yeah. tackled. You think it's done. Then he goes again. Then he launches one. Well, probably would have been 50 yards, I think. So 
Oh yeah, forty yards more, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, a very impressive pass. I think coaching wise, you'd say, look, when that happens, just throw it out. <laughs> Don't try throw it to the end zone. But the fact that he got it off, it's gone viral. It'll definitely be the best play of the preseason, I think. Yes, um, it's very impressive, and, and you don't see it too often. I think it'll stay on the highlight reel until the end of the season. So I think it, I think it'll make it all the way through. It was a good one. Moving on to the Ravens versus Eagles game. We did see uh, former Bulldog DeAndre Swift to their homes. Oh, he broke some ankles in his little cameo. It was uh, it was DeAndre Swift of old. Yeah, coming uh, from the Lions where he paired up with Jamal Williams. He was pretty efficient, I thought. I'm like, I had really fond memories of watching DeAndre last year. And I think he's going to make a big impact. You know, people kind of go on his value up and down, but looks really good to me. We also saw former Seahawk Rashad Penny, who's moved over to the Eagles, take a couple of passes, look really good. Coming on out? Yeah, he looks really good. Really good coming out of there. So they've really created some depth there. We also we also got to see my big boy, Jalen Carter. Number nine pick overall in the 2023 draft. Made his instant impact. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh. What was it? Oh, it was a tackle. But it was, he monstered him. Off, came off the side, <laughs> came in, monstered it. Oh, I loved everything about it. So Jalen Carter. We're watching you all season. So I think they must be really excited at it. Moving on to the Saints versus Chiefs, which uh, I was really excited about and uh, really enjoyed watching Derek Carr come on for his debut with the Saints. Solid showing. Very solid showing. He looked at home, didn't he? Like he, he really did. Yeah. For me, just put them ahead of the Falcons based on that first week. I just thought they looked crisp. Carr played one opening series, six of eight passes, completed for 70 yards and a touchdown. He hit several key players. We leave Jawan Johnson, Alvin Kamara. Take it with a grain of salt, though. Of course, they had a lot of starters on the field against the Chiefs who had zero, but very positive impact for the uh, Saints going forward. Yeah, we also saw the return of wide receiver Michael Thomas. He's played 10 games in the last possible 50 games during 2020-22 seasons. Gasps were probably... Everyone held their breath as he took his first catch and hoping that he didn't get injured. <laughs> he took the catch... Got off the field. Everyone takes a breath, and it, so he's a, one one catch at a time. Yeah, man. he's an exciting prospect if he can get up and going. He's really definitely one to watch. The other notable one was Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Obviously, um, not happy that he's going to be out for three weeks. He's he's turned up with a bit of vengeance and and showed a bit of vice in the game. So yeah, you can sign whoever you want. Sign Kareem Hunt yeah, if you like. You just, but I'm still better. Yeah, he just reminded everyone who who's the big dog. Moving on to the Raiders versus 49ers. Oh, Cad, this was a tale of two tapes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. The Brock Purdy versus Trey Lance scales are tipping away from Lance oh. after this performance. Oh, it was it was hard watching. It was, and, and, and when we're watching Aiden O'Connell from the Raiders have an outstanding game at QB. 100%. Yeah. Yes, totally agree. Did not know him from a bar of soap before. Now he's a little crowd favorite. Trey Lance, oh. I feel sorry for Lance, and I'm, I'm kind of confused about this debate from the beginning anyway, because Purdy has game experience. He's been battle-tested. Yes, the 49ers are trying to get some kind of value out of their high draft pick out of Trey Lance, but he's only played three games in the NFL. I think he got injured in the third one last year. I just think what would be, I know this is a fan thing, but what would be best is just please let him go. Go somewhere oh. else that needs a quarterback. Let him develop somewhere else where he's going to get a shot in. Next game we're covering is the Packers versus the Bengals. And Holmy, I believe you've written up a bit of a headline for us. Oh, yes, Cad. All eyes went searching for love. 
post Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I like it. That love we're talking about is Jordan Love from the uh, Green Bay Packers, who had an impressive outing. What do you think, Kat? Yeah. Very solid session, I thought. Very solid throwing. Missed some open passes um, that he does need to hit. Like, these were open, clear plays, and he did short the ball or was completely off. When those opportunities come up, you've got to nail them. But all in all, very impressed with Jordan. And, uh, yeah, pretty pretty good idea to start how the Packers are going to be going this year. Yeah, it was a good outing. I think they had a good, solid performance, and the fans would have enjoyed it. The only real other takeaway I had from this game was they, the Bengals rolled out the king for his for his wave. Yes, Joey B came on out and said hello. Yeah, it was so odd, wasn't it? It was so, they really just had him out there, giving the old wave to the crowd. Yeah, let him know. get a little bit of a warm-up, yep. letting the fans know that this calf injury is not as bad as everyone uh, was concerned to think. He was running, yep. catching, passing, everything like that. So, yeah, very happy to see that. And then his, his, his backup quarterbacks went and showed that he needs to be ready. So they did not <laughs> <laughs> they did not put on a showing. I think he, I think his uh, price has just gone up by $10 million by his, uh, no. uh, Joe's just said, yeah. got a bunch yeah. of evidence for his case, and it's just game yeah. tape. So our theory rolls on that Burrow's planned this whole thing. So power to him. But that was, <laughs> um, it was a good one there. But it was, a, it was a good game. It was a well-watched game, but definitely not a lot to take away from the Bengals side of things. Moving swiftly on to the Vikings versus the Seahawks, we saw a lot of action and a lot of new players coming out through in both teams. Yeah, this is a good game uh, in terms of starters, rookies. We saw Jackson Smith Najibbo get his start for the Seahawks. Great opening, got a couple of catches. He was quick, he was really elusive and um, was definitely outrunning those defenders when he uh, would get reception of the ball, which is a fantastic asset for Geno Smith to have in the game. We then saw Vikings running back Ty Chandler took advantage of an extra extra look on Thursday night and got some completions. So he'll be looking to be number two, I think. He, uh, he was impressive. I didn't see much of Zach Charbonnet from uh, what was played on the game. I did see one very physical nine-yard run, full contact, head on full speed, but very limited kind of chances in the game. So got a bit more to see from him to kind of identify what he's going to be like as a player. Yeah, he's a hard one to track at the moment. I think they're keeping him in. They speak highly of him from the training camp, but I think they're just holding him in cotton wool at the moment just for his importance. Let's see how he develops. Yeah, I'd agree. I saw him out there just kind of sitting right next to the quarterback, maybe a fake handoff here or there, and they had him kind of immersed in the play, but as you say, not letting him get too roughed up in the contact. And to confuse things here, we're saying Addison, not Madison here. So Jordan Addison, the <laughs> wide receiver, he's the wide receiver for the Vikings. He looks good. He looks like he's going to be a solid secondary for them. So he impressed. First pass, he uh, was definitely helping out the quarterback there, oh. dived down to get the ball. He would uh, thrown it, underthrown him basically, thrown it quite short. And there was that second pass that was ruled out of bounds. But if you saw oh. the tape, he was 100% in. That was the toe dirty. Tap. That was dirty. It was a m- magic catch. He looked cracker in it and something i'd expect from jefferson which is kind of exciting to see how many passing weapons could be thrown around the vikings so it leaves us with one cad yes it does the bears versus the titans well i only want to talk about one team because only one team turned up for me the bears were entertaining (laughs) oh i I totally agree oh (laughs) i have no notes on the titans i got oh yeah mayo boy played (laughs) Well, as I said, I have no, no notes on the Titans. 
Well, let's focus on the good things here. What about DJ Moore's first touch, Kat? Oh, for the Bears, 62 yards, just a cracker. He just told everybody what he was worth, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> that's got to be a good feeling for him. I did see that the O-line did a fair bit for Justin Fields and, and saw some of that textbook running that they're allowing him to do. Um, Khalil Herbert, the running back yep. for the Bears, I like him a lot. Yeah, good. Um, with that combination of Khalil's running and receiving and Fields' passing or running threat, it's going to leave a lot on the shoulders of the defense to be able to read their plays accurately and uh, watch the game tape. Otherwise, they're just going to suffer from that uh, kind of switch up of where is it going to go. Yeah, they really did show up well. I think they rolled out everything you wanted to see from the Bears and, and a bit more. So 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 overall, Kat, who who do you think the winners were from the, the weekend? Who are the teams that you were su- surprised by or happy to watch a bit more now that you weren't expecting? Oh, the ones I, I would like to watch a bit more that I wasn't expecting, as we just mentioned, the Bears are up there. I'm not surprised to see how much I enjoyed watching the Lions. Yeah. I did. I was surprised in how dominant they were. The Seahawks are just a fun team right now. They've kind of got this underdog status in Gino, who is almost king of the underdogs being a backup for so long, getting all these like fresh weapons and new blood in there. Um, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to choose on homie. I'm a bit excited. Yeah, I know. I'm even gonna watch about, the Cardinals. Yeah. I'm gonna watch the Cardinals. I don't know what. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch the highlight one. But uh, you know, I'm, you know, they turned up, and I'm excited about that. I think that was the premise there. I just it was like everything was exciting. Everything was fresh. I'm mm. ready to see what week two brings. I can't wait for it. So there you go. Preseason week one, better than we thought. Honestly, better than than we thought. All right, well, that's a wrap of things. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started in your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. Thanks, Kat. Thanks, mate. Stay outside now. Stay outside. Bye now. See ya. We're done. That's a wrap.